All right, welcome to another episode of Impact. I am your host, Sam Iniguez. I'm the Director of Communications for Merced Union High School District. Thank you for listening. With us today, we have Assistant Superintendent of Education Services, Dr. Constantino Aguilar. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Aguilar. Yes, and thank you for having me. Um, how are the Dodgers doing, by the way? You know what? The Dodgers are rolling. They are uh, having a great series right now against the Rockies and uh, looking forward to a big uh, weekend series with the Padres. Awesome. You know what? I mean, before we get to <laughs> the LCAP, which is what we're here to discuss, I saw a video where, uh, did you see it, where the baseball went into some guy's nachos and just splattered all over him? That's Yeah, that was uh, Justin Turner's home run last night that turned into be the uh, the nacho cheese home run. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the fan actually got a um, uh, got a, another plate of nachos that Justin Turner bought. And also oh, nice. bought him a, uh, a sweatshirt. So they presented that to him at the game. Oh, there you Martin go. Suffer. Yeah, pretty cool. Pretty oh, cool. Man. Well, I hope that doesn't start a precedent because if they'll start, you know, people are going to start bringing their food when they're trying to catch a fly ball in hopes of getting some free swag. <laughs> Excuse me. Okay. So, yeah, we're um, actually, we just had a uh, board meeting last night and you presented on several topics and we're going to touch on each of those. The first one, want to talk is the LCAP because that uh, we have a community forum coming up for that next week. It's on Tuesday, April 20th. And that of course is online via zoom. It's from five 30 to seven. And uh, I'll, you can go to our uh, website, muhsd.org to uh, register for that. It's right there on our front page, but I want to ask you um, first of all, tell us uh, about a little bit about the LCAP process, how we got to where we are now, and then what uh, people can expect who are in attendance at that meeting. Sure. Thank you for that for that uh, uh, lead in. That's um, you know we we always are looking for um, our feedback from parents, community members, students, and faculty. So uh, what we did is every every year we start uh, in January and we start meeting with uh, different stakeholder groups, and uh, we've gotten to um, uh, to the point now where. There, you know, people have been attending LCAP meetings now over the last, you know, several years, and and um, have become accustomed to providing, you know, us feedback uh, with regard to how we are implementing uh, all of our LCAP goals. So, uh, at this next meeting, it's our community forum meeting uh, number one. There will be two of them. Um, what we do is we collect all of the feedback that uh, that we receive, and um, we share it with with everyone. Uh, and then we allow, uh, you know, our participants to to make any final uh, recommendations that have not already been made. Um, and um, what we do then is we take all of that uh, information back and uh, uh, my team and I will sort through it and then present it to cabinet and uh, our superintendent then gives us a direction as to where we're going to go. Um, during our second uh, community forum, um, we will share what we believe is going to be in the uh, LCAP tentatively. Um, and uh, just to be transparent that uh, we're, mm -hmm. you know, we'll answer questions, you know, about, you know, why certain things were not included in the LCAP and why some things got in there. And, um, you know, ultimately our board uh, will make the final decision in June. So once we complete the first community forum, again, we go to the second community forum and we say, okay, this is what we believe is going to uh, be put into the LCAP and um, uh, the LCAP is in written uh, final draft. And then we present it to the board and then there's a, another open forum. So com community members have yet another opportunity to voice their concerns, 
opinions, appreciations to the board, mm -hmm. and um, the board will you know take in all that all of that feedback, uh, and then a week later uh, we will have a special board meeting to um, to approve the the LCAP. So it's 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 quite a bit of a process. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so uh, this was brought up uh, at last night's meeting. So this community forum, excuse me, it's open to all stakeholders, right? Parents, students, staff members, all the different, uh, even the unions, is it correct? That is correct. You know, when, when we start in January, we, we meet in, in groups. So we'll have a student group, a community group, a teacher group, a staff group. Uh, you know, we break everyone up, English language advisory group, um, just because it's easier to, to sort through uh, and uh, information and, and have, um, you know, good discussions because, you know, everyone that we work with isn't in education, right? So we want to make right. sure that uh, we prepare adequately for it. So yeah, so the community forums are with everyone, uh, everyone that we've invited uh, and anyone else who wants to be included in, in uh, the LCAP process. Okay, great. And so um, in my limited experience, I've only been with the district for uh, coming up on two years, uh, but this is a three-year process from what I understand. I know the LCAP, it gets kind of tweaked uh, on a yearly basis, but it's a three-year process. Can you go into a little bit uh, more about the LCAP and just kind of its importance? I mean, a lot of people, they hear LCAP and they don't know what that stands for. And we have that little explainer that we run in the beginning of the meetings, but if you can get a little bit into the weeds about that process. Sure. Yeah. When we say LCAP, it's the local control accountability plan. It's not uh El Capitan High School right, in, our, right. in our district. Sometimes that gets uh, a little confusing, um, but uh, yeah, the the LCAP is um, it, you know it's 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 a, our guide to um, you know the help us in preparing our students um, and specifically uh, certain groups of students that we need to um, you know really spend. Um, um, more time with uh, to provide that equity for them in that. You're talking about the English learners, the foster youth. The, yes, yeah. our English learners, our foster youth, um, our McKinney Vinto, um, English language learners. Um, and, you know, what, what we do is we put together a, a three-year plan and we update it every year, right? So we, we write what we believe is going to happen, you know, next year, then the year after and the year after that. And every year we evaluate, you know, how we're doing. And that evaluation is, is part of including our community. So we make adjustments to it, not wholesale changes, but we make adjustments to it, um, you know, every year. Uh, but this gives us at least, a, you know, a nice roadmap for the next three years as far as, um, uh, you know, where we wanna go. So we, we don't make wholesale changes, um, although we could, uh, most mostly, uh, you know, what we've done in the in the past are just make minor adjustments as we go. Great. And so for people listening, um, this is where uh, the magic happens. I mean, if you want to see a change in your district, um, showing up to these meetings, and, and especially this community forum, this is your opportunity. Um, and you can correct me if I'm speaking out of, out of line, but they could have a say in the direction that the district heads. Yeah, you know, it's, um, it's an interesting process to say the least, but you're right. Um, and the reason I say it's, it's interesting is because I just wanna remind uh, you know, everyone in our community that you know, we, we serve three different communities uh, and then smaller outlying communities. Uh, for example, you know, we serve Livingston, we serve Atwater, and we also serve Merced, 
but at the same time, we are on the north end. Valico is part of our uh, feeder district. Merced River yep. is a part of our uh, district. El Nido mm -hmm. is part of is part of that. And these are just smaller outlying groups on top of the three communities. So. Um, one of the reasons why we're so transparent and we want to bring everyone together in a community forum is to explain, um, you know, the, the rationale behind the decisions that we make, because what, what may be good for Livingston may not necessarily be good for Atwater and Merced and vice, vice versa, you know, uh, you know, it could work, you know, with whatever community, but uh, many times we're able to, to support what the community wants and it doesn't necessarily have to be a part of the local control accountability plan. So those are the opportunities, really, the, the really rich conversations that we're able to have uh, with all of our stakeholders that, that are so, they're, they're priceless um, because you're actually talking to, you know, your community face-to-face. Uh, -face. There's no in-between. They don't have to read something in a paper. I mean, they can ask you a question right away and, and, and get an answer. Right. And I've been to the, uh, the uh, LCAP meetings leading up to this community forum. Um, you have your first timers, of course, but you also have the regulars who show up to every meeting and, you know, they have their, uh, you know, they, they have their agenda, they have what they want to be sure is on that list. Um, tell me about the process of <clears throat> taking everything that's been, that we've taken in, all the input, everything that we've gotten and getting it down to those, um, those things that are going to go into the LCAP. How, how are those decisions made? Yeah, so as, as we go through, um, you, you know, we, we already have um, uh, a template, I guess, if you would, or, or we, we already have a plan. So currently, uh, we are working off of a plan um, that uh, for this past year, and there are eight goals, for example, pupil learning loss, uh, professional learning, social emotional learning support, strengthening student connectedness. Uh, long-term distance learning and in-person instruction, student meals, uh, culturally responsive pedagogy and technology and connectivity. So those are those are eight goals, right? Um, which which may seem to be a lot, but we we always want to make sure that we focus them around our four goals for our district, which are um, student student readiness and college and career readiness. So that's one. School climate recruiting and retaining staff, and then fourthly, uh, being uh, equitably, uh, um, you know, accessible uh, to all students. So those are the four goals. So every, all those four, you know, we, anything and any feedback that we get, we try to revolve them around those four areas. And those eight items I just mentioned, you know, you could really, you can put them each in a box, right? And compartmentalize each one of them. Right. Yeah. And it's great that you have those eight, um, I think they call them highlights or opportunities on the flyer because it helps people at the meetings when if you're, you know, if you say, what can the district do better? But then if you have those eight different topics, it kind of focuses them on, okay, what, you know, as far as social emotional support, you know, what would I like to see, um, you know, either uh, you know, improved on or added to in that, in that realm. So uh, what are some of the, um, the bigger, or I guess most uh, brought up things from these past, uh, LCAP uh, meetings that we've had that you've heard the most of? What, what topics are right there at the top of the list? Well, for, firstly, it's, it's, uh, it's around counseling and uh, services for students around social emotional uh, learning. That's, that's number one. And that, that's been number one for the last three or four years, even before you know, the pandemic. So that's always been there. 
Um, secondly, is around learning loss. Like, you know, what is the school going to do uh, to, to catch students up because they've, they've missed so much school, they've been online. How, how do you get them back, you know, in, into, uh, into the groove, I guess you would. Um, so th those are really the, the top two. Um, you know, there are others that, you know, that fall into, you know, these categories, but uh, I would say that those are definitely the top two that, um, you know, people are really, really uh, wanting to know uh, about and want to know what we're going to do. Yeah. Another one I, I, I recall hearing, <clears throat> hearing a lot, and it's here on the list there at number seven is the culturally responsive pedagogy. Um, for those who uh, aren't aware of what that means when they see it, um, they see culture, but they, you know, the pedagogy, that's a word I had to learn when, when I first started at the district and I heard you say it. Um, what does that entail? Yeah, so what we want to do is we want to make sure that all of the adults in our buildings um, are equipped to, to teach all of the students that, that are in front of them. Um, we have students from very diverse backgrounds and uh, very diverse experiences. So we want to make sure that our, our teachers uh, realize all of the differences uh, that, that um, uh, our students have. A lot of times we look at students and, um, you know, we treat them all the same. Right, but but they're not all the same. They're all very very different, with different cultures, different backgrounds, different experiences, different things that are just going on in their life. So, uh, with the culturally responsive pedagogy goal, uh, it's our opportunity to be able to meet uh, with the adults in the building to again educate them about you know the, the, those different experiences, uh, the differences between students, so that they can better serve and teach our students in the classroom. All right. Well, it's it's great to hear that the district is really uh, making that a priority, and you know, it's it's right there on the LCAP, and and yeah, that's something I, I definitely heard, remember hearing uh, more than once at those LCAP meetings. Um, so again, the meeting is on Tuesday, April twentieth. It's at from five thirty to seven, and you do a good job of keeping to those hours because I know we know, and you're very much aware that people they're busy, um, and they they appreciate uh, starting on time and and ending when we say we're going to end. And maybe, you know, a lot of times we don't get through, don't get to everyone's, uh, you know, input, but they're always welcome to uh, send emails or, or, or give you a call, give your team a call. And uh, so um, on that front, um, is there anything else you want to say about the LCAP process or the meeting coming up before we switch topics? No, I just, um, you know, I know you've done a great job of of getting all that information out. So we look forward to, you know, to having a, a full house uh, if you're a full virtual house. Uh, right, 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 right. Again, uh, everything is on Zoom these days. Yes, that's right. <laughs> All right. And again, we'll have that um, in the show notes. I'll put the, the link there where you can register for the event. We'll get back to the interview in just a minute. When a student falls behind in class, it can be tough to make up the work while keeping up with new assignments. It can even get to the point where the student just gives up and takes a low grade. Distance learning only added to the problem. This was apparent with the amount of D's and F's that were recorded after the first semester. If this is you or your child's situation, I'm here to tell you that you're not alone and there is help. School sites offer several options to help students get back on track. There are after school programs and Saturday school and this upcoming summer school session is gonna be more robust than ever before. Plus, teachers want to see their students do well and they're being really understanding during this time. So reach out, let them know your situation or your child's situation and maybe you can work something out. Otherwise, you can always call the school and get together with a counselor who can help put a plan together for you. All right, back to the show. 
So we're going to get to our next topic here. And you kind of touched on it uh, with the learning learning loss. And I almost uh, dinged you there because that's a that's a phrase you don't like to hear. Um, you're not a, a fan of learning loss, but um, you did mention it. And so you, you, you presented about uh, summer school uh, last at last night's meeting. So if you could just kind of reiterate what you uh, presented to the board about the plans for summer school. Yeah, you know, I um, kind of back to your point about learning loss. I, you know, I, I just don't I don't like the term just because it's it's such a deficit kind of minded way of thinking, right? Learning loss, um, you know, that just that everything you, you've done is just a loss, right? It's just, it's just, the glass is always half full for me. So we're, we're always trying to find, you know, the positives, right? Make, uh, make lemonade out of lemons. So um, one of the opportunities that, that we're gonna have is that um, we're gonna have a, a very robust summer school program um, this, this summer. And uh, what I mean by that is, um, you know, in the past, we've, we've limited the number of classes uh, that students can take uh, for remediation. Um, that's one. And then what we've also done is we've added classes for students to be able to take for enrichment, um, which is something we're, we're currently and continuing to work on. So uh, our students are going to have an opportunity to take up to uh, 20 credits. So if they didn't do very well, uh, if they receive failing grades, they'll be uh, uh, have an opportunity over the summer to to make up at least two classes, um, and then also for advancement, we have uh, students that are in our uh, special education program. Uh, we have students that are in our migrant education program, um, and incoming freshmen that want to participate in our summer math bridge program that will have opportunities. Uh, to get uh, course credit for advancement. Well, that's great. Um, is that the program with the UC Merced? Uh, the Summer Math Bridge program is, is uh, done in conjunction with the UC Merced uh, Center for Educational Partnerships group, yes. I love hearing about uh, those partnerships that we have with our other uh, organizations such as UC Merced. Um, even with the, uh, I know with the cultural cultural responsive pedagogy, you had mentioned that we could possibly uh, do some work with them as well. Is that correct? Yeah. So you know what what we're what we're doing really one of the big benefits for UC Merced is one our students have access uh, to be getting onto the campus there at UC Merced. So uh, we're looking forward to the the possibility and the potential of of having field trips out there this summer with our summer math bridge students um, so they can walk the campus, talk to students, talk to faculty, uh, learn more about the programs um, you know, that they have. Um, and then also um, students that go through that summer math bridge program are gonna have an opportunity to be, um, or to have access to a UC Merced uh, Center for Educational Partnerships counselor. So they'll, they'll have a, another layered uh, uh, counseling service on top of what they'll already get to make sure that students are progressing through their four years of high school and they're not falling through the cracks that they're taking the right courses. Um, so it's just another layer layer of support. All right. And then some of the uh, specifics that were brought up last night was the uh, the times and the dates. Do you happen to know those or I can I can pull them up if you don't? Yeah, no. Um, so we're going to our, our summer school program is going to begin on on June 7th. Uh, it'll run Monday through Friday and it will end on July 2nd. Uh, the hours are from 8 to 1230. Every site is, is running their own uh, summer program. 
So if you know students attend in Merced High School or Livingston High School, they're going to go to their respective schools. Uh, incoming freshmen are going to go to the schools where they're going to attend, um, you know, in the fall. And um, students will be fed breakfast and lunch, and transportation will also be provided to and from uh, our summer programs. Okay, great. And when will those courses uh, be posted? When will we know what those are? Uh, our counselors are still currently working on on um, on the course selections. All of our sites will be meeting with our human resources department next week as well to go through the numbers and finalize um, all of the courses uh, that will be offered. Some of the courses have already been posted, but um, it, you know it's just a, it's a process. As, as we see more student need or more more students are seen, um, you know we open up a few more classes. It seems like every week. Great. Okay. So definitely, if you're uh, if you're a student or if you're a parent of a student and that happens to be struggling. Uh, please make sure you are checking your emails. I know that those are going out. Uh, counselors are sending them out. Um, and uh, just, you know, the summer school is just going to be one of those opportunities uh, to help with that. Um, I mean, we'll call it learning loss because that's the, the buzzword. But um, what are some of the other opportunities to uh, that the district is looking at to address the, the learning loss? Well, you know, it seems easy, but it's not. But uh, we strongly believe and I myself uh, do as well as a parent of three high school students right now in our district, you know, the, the best way to do it is to get students back on campus. Yeah. It, it really is. And I, I understand the concerns that parents may have, uh, the circumstances uh, at home with, with elders or, or people with underlying conditions. I, I really do. Mm -hmm. um, but gosh, there, there's just no, does, there's no substitute for, you know, face-to-face -face, uh, uh, interactions and, and learning in, in person. Um, don't get me wrong, some students have, have, um, have done well uh, online, um, uh, but the majority of our students have really, really struggled for, for many, many reasons. And um, I, I think that's probably the, 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 the best thing that we can do for our students. Um, secondly, um, something that, that, you know, we are wanting to get back to is to open up our days um, to our students. Uh, you know, before the pandemic, we had Saturday academies uh, where students were able to come in on Saturdays and work on projects, get additional help, um, be on campus for four hours, uh, and and really get connected to the school. Um, what what we've seen right now is is that students aren't connected. That 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 sense of just you know disillusionment of not being connected to anything. You know, believe it or not, students don't come to school just to learn math or biology or, or English. You know, they, they want to be part of the clubs, you know, athletic programs, the band. Um, they want to interact. I mean, we're human beings. We want to be amongst one another. We want to be part of something, right? You know, students are wearing their school colors very, very proudly. They're competing against other schools in a variety of, of uh, arenas. And, you know, they take a sense of pride um, and they look forward to um, you know, to come into school and, and seeing the mentor, seeing their teacher, seeing their, their peers. Um, I think that's a, that's a very uh, uh, high sense of motivation for our students. Yeah, well, I mean, more and more students are coming on campus. So uh, hopefully that trend continues and we're able to, um, I know we just recently entered the red tier. And so hopefully those numbers continue to trend down here uh, as we get closer uh, to the end of the school year and then starting next year, we can start off with everyone back. Sure. Um, I wanted to ask you about um, one more thing, and this is a huge 
It was a huge uh, event that took place uh, back in March, and it was the announcement of our new latest partnership with UC Merced, and this is the MAP program, M-A-A-P, uh, which stands for the Merced Automatic Admissions Program. Um, tell us a little bit about what that is. Yeah, so what this means is that um, if students meet um, the UC requirements of this agreement, which is completing uh, 15 A through G courses, uh, which means not earning anything lower than a C in those 15 uh, college preparatory courses or A through G courses as, as they're termed, uh, and they have a 3.5 or better, uh, they will be automatically admitted to UC Merced. And um, that, that's, a, that's a big, that's a, that is a, a, a large, I can't, I can't even think of the <laughs> right adjective, right, to explain what a great opportunity this is for our students because uh, the UC system is one of the, the best um, uh, schooling systems, university systems in the world. Uh, not, not just the United States, but the world, if yeah. you really look at, um, you know, the UC system. So our students being able to, to earn an automatic admission uh, is a huge benefit to them. Um, currently, right now, just to share some data with you, um, you know, because of this uh, partnership, we've also been fortunate to partner with uh, the Chancellor's Office in Oakland. So the UC Chancellor's Office is in Oakland. Um, and we've uh, partnered with them with the transcript evaluation system. And what that means is um, we have now access to the same data that uh, they're receiving from our students. And there's some good data sharing agreements in place. Uh, so we just re recently received this data from, from our current juniors. So currently we have 20% of our juniors would qualify for this MAP program. Wow. Uh, to get into uh, to UC Merced. So that's 518 of our 2,500 juniors right now. So that's 20%. Uh, so we're, we're incredibly proud of that. And what I also wanna share, uh, especially to all of our community that uh, is listening, hey, I'm a parent, I, I hear it. I, I'm in the, the, you know, the social circles. I, I hear parents talking all the time that this school is better than that school, that school has, this bet, I mean, there, there's a lot of comparison of, of all of our schools in our district, but let me let me share this data with you. These, this is the total number of students at each campus right now uh, that would qualify, the current juniors, right? Okay. So every every school, you know, roughly has between four and 500 uh, junior students, right? So Atwater High School would have 79 students that would qualify for this MAP program. View Hat Colony would have 94. El Capitan High School would have 103, Golden Valley 99, Livingston 65, and Merced 78 students. They're, those are all very comparable. Yeah, wow, that's that's so great to hear. I know you, and I know that you were a uh, very integral part of putting this program together. So I want to thank you uh, for bringing that uh, to MUHSD and working with the chancellor and and the the great folks over at UC Merced and as well as your work with the Merced College and our dual enrollment program. I mean, just kind of tying everything together. Um, that just has to be such a, a rewarding feeling um, for you to, to be able to bring that to our students. Yeah, and I just, you know, it, it doesn't happen, you know, uh, just with one person. I, I big shout out to Chancellor uh, Munoz, Dr. Munoz, our, our new chancellor at UC Merced has been in just phenomenal. He's been 
easy, easy access, uh, very down to earth, uh, and, and it, it's so transparent that he wants uh, what's best for our students. Uh, and also to President Vitelli mm -hmm. uh, out at Merced College. Um, I've been able to uh, build a strong relationship with both of them, as has our superintendent. And, and really a lot of this has happened because uh, our superintendent, Alan Peterson, uh, Chancellor uh, Munoz and President Vitelli, they, they meet regularly and they align, uh, they align goals um, you know, with one another. So there's a nice roadmap and there's a nice alignment uh, uh, and structure in place for us to follow. So a big shout out to, to all three of them. I guess I, guess I can say that uh, uh, about uh, our superintendent too, right? <laughs> sure, yeah. And our, wow, what a blessing for our students. They really have a, a good shake. They're getting a great uh, deal there. All right, uh, I wanna thank you again for your time, uh, Dr. Aguilar. Um, I'm gonna give you this opportunity just to put out your information if someone, you know, if they wanna get in touch with your office about any of these uh, items that we mentioned, spoke about. Sure, so uh, obviously uh, it's, you can find my information on the website uh, or uh, I'm uh, uh, easily reached through my email at caguilar at muhsd.org. You can also reach my uh, incredible assistant, uh, Kimberly Zamudio at kzamudio, that's k-z-a-m-u-d-i-o at muhsd.org. Uh, you can also call, uh, and that number is 209-325-2061. And you can all follow me on Twitter at C-A-G-U-L-A-R-M-U-H-S-D uh, to find out uh, the latest and greatest things happening in our district. And I'm sure, you know, how the Dodgers are doing as well. You'll probably throw in some <laughs> updates. Absolutely. You got to have those. All right. Thanks again, Dr. Aguilar. And thank you, everyone, uh, for listening. And uh, we will see you again soon, everyone. Have a great day. Impact is a production of the MUHSD Communications Department. To learn more about the district, check out our website at muhsd.org and follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and our handle is at MercedUHSD. As always, thanks for listening.